Hey, what is going on, everyone? It is Anilo Piero of My Life Sports back at it again with the latest installment of the 20th and Blake podcast, a Colorado Rocky centric podcast powered by My Life Sports. This installment of the 20th and Blake podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Uh, again, I say this at the beginning of every podcast. If you guys haven't checked out the guys over at DraftKings, you got to be sure to do that now, especially with sports, the return of sports here on the horizon, you know, three to four more weeks here. And Hopefully we'll be back up and running with Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and then NFL not too far behind that. So um, it's really an exciting time to be a sports fan, and it's an exciting time to be a sports better at that. So be sure to check these guys out online at DraftKings. Again, America's top-rated sportsbook app. But um, hope everybody's doing well here. I'm recording this podcast here on the 4th of July holiday. It's definitely a weird holiday this year uh, in 2020. Um, you know, typically people are out and about at the pool, at the lake, downtown, catching a ball game at Coors Field, eating a hot dog, eating a burger, all that stuff. And, um, well, that's not really been the case for me here so far on this 4th of July. I actually spent the day, um, the first portion of the day here at a Coors Field, um, for the start of the Rockies second spring training. So spring training, spring training 2.0, or, uh, as many media members are calling it summer camp at Coors Field. So today was the first day, um, of this process. And obviously, um, just a reminder for those the MLB season will be starting on the 23rd of July with um, games between the Washington Nationals, the defending champions, and the New York Yankees, and then also a game on the West Coast um, between two division rivals of the Rockies in the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants. And that second game is just so bizarre to me because the Giants are just awful. They're not going to be good this year. Um, so, and like the first game is so exciting and entertaining with um, you know the defending champs and the Yankees, who many think you know could win the series this year. Um, you know, there's a lot of juice with that first game, and then you're going to get kind of a lackluster second game where the Dodgers, you know, are, are much, are significantly better um, than the San Francisco Giants, at least in my personal opinion. And I think many people around the league and around the game would agree with me on that. So, um, again, first day of spring training 2.0 in the summer camp, and it was definitely a, an interesting experience. So I think what I'm going to go ahead and do for this podcast is just kind of give you guys a step-by-step breakdown of what I went through um, as a media member, and then also, I guess, what to expect um, from coverage um, in the coming weeks, um, and also to try to give you guys some sort of an expectation as to how this season is going to end up playing out. So um, I was initially greeted by the familiar faces of Kevin Henry and Thomas Harding. Kevin Henry, in case you're the, uh, case of you guys don't know that, he runs Rock's Pile, um, the fan-sided Rockies blog. So really nice to see Kev. And then I saw the great Thomas Harding, who uh, has been the resident Rockies reporter for over a decade for MLB.com. So you know, he's a vet. Um, Kevin has been, Kevin's been in the press box numerous times as well. So, you know, I caught up with two very familiar faces and first time I think I've seen them since the end of last season. So it has been a little while. So it was definitely refreshing to see those guys. And, you know, it was um, definitely a breath of fresh air because, you know, we've kind of been all cooped up in our houses and, you know, that we haven't been able to see each other. And, you know, we don't really hang out outside of the games and whatnot, but it's like, you know, part of going to Coors Field and part of covering the Rockies is hanging out with these guys and, you know, having chatter in the press box and exchanging stories and, and ideas and, and takes and all that stuff. So it was super refreshing. And then, of course, um, I was able to see some of the other guys, the DNVR crew, um, Nick Groke of The Athletic, Patrick Saunders of The Denver Post, Mark Kisler was there, um, Paul Klee of The Colorado Gazette was there. So it was really cool just to get um, – and, of course, the Rockies public relations team was there. Um, so it was good to just see some familiar faces that, you know, I've kind of become accustomed to seeing, you know, in the summer months over the last four or five years, um, so long as I've been covering the team. So, um, you know, I, I linked up with those guys as, as I was walking to enter the ballpark. And so here's kind of like the step-by-step procedure of what goes down in – covid setting covering baseball um so everyone has to wear a mask at all times when you are in Coors field 
Um, of course, with the exception of, you know, drinking some water or, you know, eating a little food or something like that. But, you know, when you're talking to someone, your mask has got to be on. It's got to be up. That is a policy. Um, but upon, so the entrance gate, there's like a big line, not a big line, but there's a line where, you know, we got to, all media members have to socially distance six feet apart. And then, you know, you get your temperature taken. Um, you are asked if you've experienced any symptoms and there's a list of symptoms provided and you say yes or no. Um, and then from there you shuffle on over to another table and they, you know, verify that you're you, they give you your credential. Um, and then you end up signing a waiver that essentially waives the liability, um, that you could like, Get, you know, get the organization in trouble if you were to contract the coronavirus while you were there or anything like that, you know, pretty typical. Um, and then from there, you know, you go through the mail detector and uh, not a whole much lot from there. So it's like you get in and typically like on a typical game day, like last year, it's like you get in through the front gate and then it's, you have the option to go up to the press box or you can go down through the corridors to the dugout and go on the field. Um, of course, that's not going to be an option right now because the PR team with the Rockies and the entire league as a whole is just trying to limit contact with players and just contact in general. Um, so instead of being able to go downstairs, you know, we were told just to go right up to the press box and we were pretty, we're pretty much confined there for the entirety of the time. Um, the windows are open, so it's like you're kind of half in, half out. Um, everybody is socially distanced within the press box. Uh, six, just about uh, Corey Little, who runs the PR or doesn't run the PR, excuse me, he works within the PR department um, with the Rockies. Um, told me that he's personally measured, you know, six feet between each seat. Um, so, you know, definitely some concerted efforts there. And, um, you know, other than that, you know, back in the media snack room, there's really nothing but a, but a soda fountain, which is kind of nice. Get your, your blue Powerade and water. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you kind of just get to the press box, you're six feet apart, wearing your mask and watching the Rockies work out. So it was, I know it kind of sounds simple and, and kind of basic, but it was really enjoyable just to, just to be there and experience it again. You know, it has been a long time since, um, you know, almost a full year now since I've been back at Coors Field and, you know, to, to cover the team and whatnot and just be around the players and be around media members and all that and just get back into that vibe. Um, so it was really, really, really refreshing um, to get back there and, again, see all the people and just, just be immersed in the game. Um, you know, at first we got there and it was just um, some light stretching. And so the way that they're doing this is um, – they're use the, the Rockies are they're utilizing both dugouts for players so you know you can kind of split up people from there and then there's waves of training so it's like when I first got there the catchers and pitchers were out and then some position players came out um, and then it kind of just cycles through and I would say oh maybe no more than 15 to 20 people on the field at a time and that might be a little um, that might be a, a little generous it might be a little bit less um, I honestly didn't I'd say 15 to 20 is honestly about right but um from that point on, I mean, it's pretty normal. Um, you know, you got a coach standing behind the plate or, you know, by Tony Walters who was catching and just evaluating his work and evaluating the pitches that the pitchers were throwing. You had a pitcher, you had a coach out in the pitching mound. You had people stretching in the outfield, down the baselines, um, all that stuff, just wearing masks, of course. And uh, except the pitcher, I don't think, I, I didn't see if everybody wore a mask when they were on the mound, but I, I definitely know at least one pitcher was not wearing a mask while he was in the act of throwing. Um, you know, when he was off the mound, he was wearing a mask, but when he was actually on the mound, you know, going to work, doing his business, he did not have a mask on. Um, I don't know if that's the protocol, to be honest, um, but that's just something that I observed, so I figured I'd let it be known. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, that's pretty much all it is. Um, it's just a bunch, it's just practice. Um, spring training, it's definitely a lot different than, you know, a traditional spring training down at Salt River Fields in Scottsdale. Um, you know, I've gone down there three, I think, what, three times now um, for spring training, and you know, out there, the Rockies share a facility with the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that facility is grand. Um, it's huge. It's just, it's, I'd say on the Rocky side, there's probably five fields alone. 
um, at least two to three regular size fields and then like a couple smaller fields for like infield and outfield work. Um, you know, and you got to transition out of course field where it's one big mega field and then, you know, a couple of corridors with some batting cages and, and all that stuff. So, you know, the Rockies are, you know, working within their means and, you know, they're just trying to really just figure this thing out. And um, so I guess from a player performance perspective, you know, the masks and all that didn't really seem to be any different. You know, it just kind of seems normal at this point. Um, everybody seemed to be upbeat, um, high spirits, all that kind of stuff. Um, we did have the opportunity to chat with Tony Walters and Scott Oberg. And I'm actually, we'll, we'll gloss over those conversations here. Um, but I'm going to write a story using some quotes from um, from their interview. So I don't want to dive into it too much. But there's one common theme that I found to be very, very interesting that both of them said. And that's that they believe that, you know, talent is obviously going to be the biggest indicator of who's going to win the World Series and why not. You know, for the most part, the most talented team or the team that puts it together at the right time, you know, wins. But um, given that this is 60 games and given that there's a pandemic in the world going on today, um, you know, both Oberg and Walters said that, you know, the healthiest team, you know, might be in the position to win the championship. You know, not necessarily the best of the team with the most talent. You know, if Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton and DJ LeMahieu are all sick and all get COVID, you know, how good are the Yankees going to be? You know, what if Garrett Cole gets sick, you know? So um, there is this thought, and I don't know, I really haven't seen it anywhere else, but I, you know... I, I don't know. I haven't seen like the Phillies or the Mets or any of these other teams tweet about it or, you know, seen reports on this. Um, so this was the first that I've heard from a professional player or a professional organization that, you know, they really believe that health is going to be critical to success. And I mean, of course, everybody wants to be healthy. I mean, who wants to get sick and, you know, live a miserable life being sick? Um, but looking at it from a baseball perspective here, um, health, not in regards to arm strength and all that, but health in regards to being able to be on the field because of COVID. Um, you know, the, a lot of Rockies players and, you know, it seems like the clubhouse is very... Um, much in a singular voice when they when they think that you know the healthiest team could win this thing um, and they think that you know whichever teams you know if a team can be full strength for the entire 60 games you know that's going to benefit them obviously the Rockies are not right now with Charlie Blackman being out um, due to the coronavirus but that is a goal of theirs is to try to remain healthy and try to be you know try to be extra precautious because you know the Rockies really see a nice opportunity here that you know with their talent they're short and seasoned um, and then also, you know, the you, I saw like today, like Freddie Freeman, you know, of the Atlanta Braves and a few other Braves players tested positive. So, you know, it's like if the Rockies can stay healthy with that lineup and, and if their pitching can, you know, hold them over, you know, who knows what can happen. So um, the Rockies are pretty optimistic, um, you know, heading into 2020, this shortened season here, especially if they can stay healthy. So it, it's going to be really, really interesting to see how that plays out. And um, everyone, you know, is kind of on the same page, you know, everyone's aware that there is a risk in the world, um, that there's a risk by playing the game, you know, Tony Walter spoke of this at large being, you know, that he's a catcher, you know, he's going to be around a batter, he's going to be around an umpire, and he's going to have to go out to the mound and throw the ball back to the pitcher constantly, so he's probably the one that's in the fire the most, um, for the player's perspective, and, you know, it's just, it's just a matter of being over, not overly cautious, but just being smart, according to him. You know, Walters has talked about how, you know, as soon as he found out that the season wasn't going to initially start back in April, you know, he, he used the time to start trying out different masks to wear, you know, in front of it, um, behind his catcher's helmet. Um, he, he started working out, you know, working on his flexibility, you know, figuring out ways that he can deal, um, you know, with some of these things that coronavirus is going to present that, you know, are not normally traditional uh, for baseball players. So, um, he, he was looking good too, you know, from a baseball perspective, he was hitting some balls out of the ballpark, you know, um, he, he looks a little bit stockier, a little bit bigger, you know, maybe a little bit more power in that bat. He did not, 
um, acknowledge that himself, but he did say that, you know, he's just focused on having the proper mentality and, and, you know, that all goes hand in hand, you know, see ball, hit ball. So if he worked out and he put in the work, which it certainly looks like he did, um, you know, he might be able to see a little bit of a revitalized, reamped Tony Walters behind the plate and in the batter's box this year for the Rockies. So that's encouraging. So I, I think it's interesting because, you know, the two players that we get to, that we did get to talk to each kind of have unique circumstances whenever when it comes to COVID. You know, I, I already kind of laid it out with Walters in the sense that, you know, he's behind the plate, so he's going to be close to batters and umpires the entire game. And then the other person we talked to, Scott Oberg, um, actually has multiple medical conditions. If you remember last year, um, he was forced out of the season due to some blood clots in his arm. So that's, you know, something. And then he's got a couple autoimmune diseases as well um, that puts him, according to him, in the high risk category for people when it comes to contracting COVID and, and all that stuff. So it's, um, you know, it's a risk on his part, but he said after talking with doctors and whatnot, he felt that even if he were to contract the coronavirus, um, after speaking with medical professionals, he believes that, you know, he will be okay. Obviously, you know, it's a little bit of a luck of the draw here, but for somebody in Scott Oberg's position, you know, a professional baseball player who has, you know, millions on the line, but also has some underlying medical conditions for him to, you know, evaluate the situation and continue forward I think is pretty telling as to where we're at with this thing and also it's also pretty telling as to where the players are at um, in regards to wanting to play this season and, and getting this season played so um, you know that was just another interesting interesting perspective and like I said Walters and Oberg both you know chimed in in the sense that they think that the healthiest team is going to have the best chance to win the whole thing so you know those are two one person who plays you know all nine innings for the most part and then another guy who can come in to get two or three outs um, you know, it's a unified message within the clubhouse. And, um, you know, speaking of unification here, we got to talk about Ian Desmond just briefly. Um, obviously, you know, the news is about three or four days old, and I was waiting because I wanted to get in the ballpark to try to get some opinion here. And, you know, both Tony Walters and Ian Desmond, or in, um, and uh, Scott Oberg, you know, both doubled down in the sense that the entire team supports Ian Desmond. Um, you know, there's no ill feelings towards him for wanting to be with his family and his pregnant wife and their young kids. Um, and foregoing the opportunity to play baseball at a shortened season to spend time with his family back home to Florida. But at the same time, you know, everybody that is it, that is in the clubhouse is is ready to go. And, you know, they respect Ian Desmond's decision, but everyone else that's in the clubhouse is ready to go out there and compete and is ready to look and, you know, trying to go out there and win a division and try to win a World Series. So, you know, everybody is really locked in within that clubhouse, um, about as locked in as you could be. Um, and again, I, I'm not over here, you know, I'm not like Joel Sherman or John Heyman who can afford to, you know, just go around to all these different camps and, and talk to different people and get a feel for how things are going. But, you know, if I had to use one, I mean, optimism is a very optimist, optimistic is a very common word, but there was really a lot of optimism, I think, today um, at Coors Field. You know, there was players on the field smiling, asking, you know, the PA announcer to turn up the music, you know, dancing around. I saw Thomas Harding at MLB, MLB.com tweeting out that, you know, they were doing mock home run celebrations six feet apart. So, you know, the players are loose. They're having a good time, um, you know, seeing some of their buddies again. And, and another word that was common um, in the interview with Oberg and Walters as well as family, you know, there there is listen, these are, these are desperate times right now. We've never had to deal with a global pandemic, the likes of this before. And, you know, obviously you're going to have your immediate family, but when you become, when you play in the big leagues, you know, you're around your teammates for five, six, seven, eight months out of the year. And, you know, over time you do develop that bond and whatnot. And, um, you know, between being cautious, between, you know, having a close knit friendship within the clubhouse and, you know, just an immense talent on the offensive side of the game, you know, like I said, I think there's a lot of optimism rolling through the Rockies clubhouse right now 
as um, you know the end of July here with the start of the season. So I'm I'm really excited to see how this plays out. Obviously, um, 27 and a half is the over under um, number I, off the top of my head. I believe is the over under for Rockies wins in this 60 game season. So Vegas is predicting you know that less than half um, are, are the games the Rockies are going to win. So they don't think they're going to be a 500 club um, in this 60 game season. So um, we'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, this team has a lot of camaraderie and a lot of chemistry um, to the likes of, you know, they believe that they can truly go out and compete for a World Series, you know, even if the professional, you know, handicappers and other people don't think they can. So we'll have to see. But um, speaking of sports betting here, we got to talk about DraftKings once again. You know, these days, the sports landscape is constantly evolving. And this week is no different. Luckily for all of us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered. And for a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. This week is full of action, from golf to European soccer, and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. And that's not all. Head to the app now and check out the special odds and promotions that will be available throughout the week to help you make it rain. DraftKings Sportsbook is U.S.-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's easy to, to deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want. And to top it all off, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering their best sign-up offer to date right now. You do not want to miss this, guys. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code MHS when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That's code MHS to get your sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus um, and a first bet match each up to $500 deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 um, again if you have a gambling problem 1-800-522-4700 is the hotline if you want to talk about that but um again got to double down and say again check out our friends over at DraftKings they are leading the way um, when it comes to sports betting. That is for sure. Um, they are the most, at least that's what I think of them as. You know, they when I think of legal sports betting, I think of DraftKings. You know, the first be and, and daily fantasy as well. You know, that's the first outlet that I think of. Um, you know, today I was watching the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, and you know, DraftKings sponsorships all over the thing. So um, that was pretty cool. Draft, you know, the hot dog eating contest is you know whatever. But um, again, DraftKings is leading the pack. Whether it's baseball, NHL, NFL or hot dog eating contest, um, DraftKings is going to have you covered when it comes to sports betting and sports wagering. So be sure to check them out online at DraftKings. But um, yeah, let's just um, let's put a bow here on this podcast and kind of finish up with some last thoughts. And I'm really excited here because we're going to have opportunities now to talk to the players, you know, pretty much on a daily basis. You know, not every player, but we're probably going to get a player or two and Bud Black, you know, just about every day here moving forward until the start of the season. And, and because of that, we're going to find out a lot about the state of the team, their mentality, and um, their approach towards this um, shortened 60-game season. So um, here's just some news and notes around the Rockies. Obviously, Charlie Blackman not participating in team workouts right now at summer camp. He was one of three players that had initially tested positive for the coronavirus, um, what is that, a couple of weeks ago now? So um, he's reportedly in good spirits, but he is not at the ballpark, whereas the other two players are, those being Ryan Castellani and Philip Deal. Um, so those two guys are at the ballpark, to my knowledge. I did not see them out in the field today, uh, but I did see somewhere that the only one that is not present is Charlie Blackman. And I don't know if this is a fair guess to make, but when this news did break, um, there was an indication that of the three players that tested positive, only one of them was showing symptoms. So I think that the fact that maybe Charlie Blackman isn't at, you know, this summer camp, maybe he's the one that exhibited the symptoms. I don't know. You know, read into that as you may. 
but that's just kind of like a natural correlation that I kind of came to in my head. Again, I have no idea if that's legit. It's just something that I thought of. Um, and then, you know, as of this point, you know, it's just kind of getting loosened up and ramping, ramping up for the season. So um, the lineup, we all pretty much know how that's going to go. Um, Matt Kemp, the Rockies recently signed him to a minor league contract. So with the, lose, with the news of Ian Desmond sitting out this season, expect to see Matt Kemp serve as a designated hitter um, and also maybe get some run in the outfield alongside Charlie Blackman, assuming he's healthy, and David Dahl as well. Um, the rotation, we're going to be talking about this at large, and I'll be writing some stories on this as well. There's really, to my knowledge, one spot up for grabs right now because Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, Antonio Sensatella, they're going to lock down those three. Um, and um, oh, who am I forgetting? And John Gray, excuse me. So that's the fourth. So basically you have Chichi Gonzalez, maybe Peter Lambert, and Jeff Hoffman. Um, all vying for that fifth and final rotation spot. So that's going to be a battle um, that is going to be playing out here over the course of the next few weeks as we ramp up to the start of the 60-game season. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think we'll see Peter Lambert. Um, I was reading from Thomas Harding's report that, you know, the Rockies are definitely going to take it slow with Lambert, especially after he suffered, suffered a few injuries last season. So they're going to take it, take it slow with him. So, you know, Chigi Gonzalez is a guy that Bub Black, you know, really liked throwing out there um, as a starter towards the end of last season. And Jeff Hoffman, as we all know, he was the crown jewel of the trade that sent Troy Tulowitzki to the Toronto Blue Jays. And he really just has not panned out at the major league level. You know, he's been a flash in the pan with a couple good starts here or there. But for the most part, Jeff Hoffman has really struggled to put it together. Um, on a consistent basis, both as a starter and a relief pitcher at the major league level. So this could be Hoffman's, you know, last real chance to earn a spot in this Rockies rotation. And, you know, this could be the last chance for Chichi Gonzalez to get a, a real crack at the big leagues. You know, who knows? So um, there's definitely some competition going on for that back-end rotation spot. And, um, you know, one thing that I do want to speak speak to as well is, um, you know, Bud Black had acknowledged that, you know, because of these the circumstances and the 60 games and the timing of all this, you know, these starting pitchers are not going to be able to go seven, eight innings like they're accustomed to. So you're going to see the starting pitcher go, you know, five, six innings, maybe even four innings. And so, you know, teams are going to really rely on, and pitch cap's going to be huge too. Um, but teams are going to really, really, really rely on their bullpens this season. So that's where, you know, the health of Scott Oberg and Chris, you know, and some of these other guys, it, it's really, really important. So, um, we all know that the Rockies have a, a, a stupendous amount of offense. You know, they're probably one of the most, they are a top five offensive team just about every single season. Um, where they fall short is in the pitching department, both, you know, within the rotation and in the bullpen. And, you know, I've subscribed to the thought that, hey, you know, this is a 60 game season. You know, the, things are getting a little quirky. You know, I think the shorter season is certainly going to benefit the hitters because I think it's easier to be a dominant. Uh, that's not true. But I think. I think pitching requires more time and effort, whereas hitting, you can just step in the batter's box, if that makes sense. Like, you know, when you're a pitcher, you've got to work for days and weeks to get your arm ramped up and make sure that you can consistently throw in the mid-90s, you know, without hurting yourself and stretching and all that. There's a lot more, you know, back-end extra work that goes into that, whereas, you know, we've seen, you know, hitters in the past who are 300 pounds go out there and hit a 95-mile-an-hour, you know, fastball at the ballpark. I'm not trying to say that hitting is easier than pitching. Um, but I do think that in this particular scenario, the hitters are going to have an advantage over the pitchers. So that's going to play to the Rockies' advantage. And if the Rockies, um, I think another thing here too, um, you know, that is always lost in the mud with the Rockies is everyone wants to talk about the advantage of playing at elevation, but then there's also a disadvantage of becoming acclimated to playing again at sea level. The ball not moving as much. The ball not you know going as far off the bat. 
Um, and Scott Oberg had mentioned, you know, he believes that there's an advantage for the Rockies in the sense that they're going to be able to train exclusively at altitude for about, what, three to four weeks. And they've been doing it, you know, previously for, you know, about a month as well. Um, so, you know, being locked in at altitude, you know, Oberg and some of these other pitchers really believe it's going to help the team. Um, so we'll have to see how that plays out. But, um, you know, there's a lot of information that's going to be, you know, coming out here between now and, the, and over the next couple of weeks as we prepare for the start of the season on the 23rd and the 24th of July. So you're going to want to keep locked in here at the 20th and Blake podcast. Um, I'm going to be all over it at, at Coors Field just about as much as I can. And I'm really looking forward to, um, you know, podcasting and writing all these articles for Mile High this, uh, you know, for the rest of this summer as long as we have. Um, you know, it's an exciting time to be a baseball fan. And, you know, while I know that the Rockies aren't necessarily the best or the most talented team, you know, like I said, I think things are going to get a little interesting in this 60-game season. You could see them, you know, maybe go on a little bit of a run, you know. I, I asked the question, and this will kind of come out in my story here um, within the next day or so. Um, you know, the Rockies historically get off to really, really hot starts in April, May, and June. And then they fall off right around the All-Star game, and August and September are just absolutely dreadful. So, you know, you're thinking a 60-game season is not even half of a 162-game season. And we've seen the Rockies, you know, have one of the best records in the National League through the first month, month and a half. So it's like that's essentially all you're playing now um, in this baseball season. So I, ju- I just wonder if the Rockies should catch fire, you know, just because we, we've seen them do it before. And it's like if the season's all ended on, you know, July or June 15th, the Rockies would probably be a division winner at least a couple times. And they probably would have made the playoffs a few more times. Um, and, you know, again, in, in a season where pitchers are going to take a little bit longer to get ramped up and, and just things are odd from the onset, this could play to the Rockies' advantage. You know, don't take that to the bank, but that's just kind of my thought that I'm subscribing to right now because, you know, I think that if this was a normal 162-game season, the Rockies would have, would have absolutely no chance of making the postseason. But now that it's a 60-game season, I think that chance is increased, you know, not significantly, but a decent amount just because of the way history has shown us the Rockies perform at the beginning of a season. So I'm going to leave it on that. Um, I don't want to get into it too much. This was just kind of a general overview podcast of what kind of to expect moving forward from the Rockies and coverage from mile high and all that stuff. So we're going to kind of roll with the punches and see how it goes because that seems to be how the players in the league are handling it. So that's how I'm going to do it on the podcast. But um, be sure to stay up to date with everything um, from my work on Instagram and Twitter at Media by AP. And then, of course, online at milehighsports.com. Be sure to check us out all across that, those platforms. We really appreciate it. But um, I'm going to send it off on that one. Uh, I'll be back at Coors Field tomorrow, the 5th of July, and um, probably a few days next week as well, so long as they continue to allow media in. So I look forward to um, you know getting some stories, talking to some players, and mingling with some people to you know help update you, the fans, um, with how this team is doing and how they're progressing and, and how they're dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic and, and, the, and the season that's about to become you know within it. So I'm going to leave it off there, guys, but uh, I really appreciate you guys listening again. Um, the episode, This episode of the 20th of Blake podcast was sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you haven't heard of them yet, be sure to go online at DraftKings and check them out. They are the leaders of the pack when it comes to daily fantasy and legalized sports betting in the United States. So that's going to do it for me, folks. Um, and I guess I, you know, you're not going to be listening to, the, listening to this on the 4th of July, so I'm not going to say enjoy your holiday. Um, I'm going to try to enjoy the rest of my holiday. But, um, you know, we'll, we will get by. We will survive. So um, I hope everyone continues to weather the storm um, through this COVID-19 pandemic. But um, exciting times nonetheless with baseball on the horizon. And I very much look forward to covering it um, day in and day out for you guys. So that's going to do it for me, folks. You guys have a good day, rest of your day, evening, wherever you are at listening to this podcast. And we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.